save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. City. Who doesn't want to go to the big city? The big city is becoming like a... I don't know. It's it's starting to spin and head for the drain. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. So much wrong with the big cities nowadays. One of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to go to this camera store in New York City. Never going to go. Never going to go, but, you know, I would have liked to have done it. Um... A lot of it has to do with the the atmosphere that exists in New York City due to the governance of New York City. Now, the cities themselves, they are falling prey to a bunch of things that probably could have been forecast but were not. And these urban areas are caught in this downward spiral. But like any sinking ship would in the ocean, if you're anywhere near this when it happens, you can be sucked down in there with it. Now... Just to do a little quick recap, there's a bunch of compounding problems happening in the cities. Uh, chief among them is that big cities are dark blue. So, you know, can't can't blame this one on Trump. Um, and they become the crucible of left-wing policy and the failure. They've become the experiment that shows everything. Uncontrolled crime, roving, drug and mental illness zombies, swarms of sanctuary recipient asylum scammers, crowding out normal people and businesses the normals who remain to take advantage of the access to cultural events as as they are today <laughs> and the restaurant variety are also subject to totalitarian social controls and two-tiered justice systems that punish them if they fight back against criminals but no matter how bad it gets you can count on them to keep doing the same thing over and over again and then double down. So businesses are leaving. And the ones that remain shopping for basic goods has become a frustrating exercise in waiting for an associate to unlock the glass case so that you can get a tube of toothpaste and a razor. In today's high interest rates, which make owning and running a business very expensive, and the writing's on the wall about that one, large San Francisco commercial businesses like hotels and malls they just walk. They're just walking away. <laughs> Enough of this noise and going away. And then at the same time, major retailers are declining to renew leases, and they're just closing. Bye bye. Used to have used to have a used to have a branch here. No more. Not worth it. Because they can't even break even because of the theft. And this is occurring in every major city in the United States in some form or fashion or degree right now today. And me and you, we get to sit here and laugh at them. <laughs> look at those crazy leftists out there. Look at the look at the plight of the woke city. While we sit here in the comfort of our suburban, away from the big city houses. But there is an issue to consider here. 
<laughs> this is quite sobering because of the how complex these systems work, the, the way the government and, and everything works today in the United States. The imminent collapse of the commercial urban real estate market will ripple. It will ripple across the financial sector. Do you remember that mortgage-backed securities crisis in 2008? And even if you didn't default on your mortgage or didn't even own a house, the entire economy tipped into what the you know what the hyperbolic media like to call the Great Recession. Everybody out there suffered anyway. And from all sources, it came from the Atlantic, called The Next Crisis Will Start With Empty Office Buildings. And we get this. During the first three months of 2023, U.S. office vacancy topped 20% for the first time in decades. Actual office use points to a further decrease in demand attendance in the 10 largest business districts is still below 50% of its pre-COVID level as white-collar employees spend an estimated 28% of their workdays at home. With a third of all office leases expiring by 2026, there will be higher vacancies. Or lower rents or both. So then... The loss of these tenants, and even the landlords that probably have to walk away, this causes fiscal pain because property taxes underpin city budgets. In New York City, such taxes generate 40% of the revenue. Commercial property, mostly offices, contributes about 40% of these taxes and 16% of the city's total tax revenue. San Francisco is lower, but the offices and retail there are in a worse state. They also contribute to lower retail sales and public transport usage. There's no foot traffic happening out there. In New York City, weekday subway trips are 65% of their 2019 level. But they are trending up. They've lost $2.4 billion in revenue off of this. 40,000 retail sector jobs lost since 2019 have yet to return. They, uh, there's a study out there that estimates a 6.5% fiscal hole in the city's budget due to declining office and retail valuations. And this would need to be plugged by raising tax rates or cutting government spending. Well, you know what they're going to do. You know what they're going to do. And uh, cities must then make a choice between cutting services or raising taxes, either of which will further drive out the remaining wealthy and productive residents and businesses. It is a deadly cycle to be in. And as in the 1980s, they will start declaring bankruptcy, and that will add a drain on federal resources, which will have to be used to bail them out. This will be on top of the unemployment benefits to the urban retail and hospitality workers who lose their jobs. So we end up paying for it. We end up picking up that tab. Then we get turmoil in office markets, threatens retirement systems, and the portfolios of individual people. Public and private pension funds have traditionally kept their assets in stocks, bonds, and cash. But they have shifted to so-called alternative investments, including commercial real estate and private equity. That's a third of the portfolios. All of you out there with a 401k. Pre-COVID. This trend included significant investment in office space. (laughs) In major markets like New York, San Francisco, L.A., and Boston, all of them now struggling. Pensions saw this type of an investment as a steady 
steady, slow source of income, and mainly through rent and a hedge against inflation. And when you think that public pensions are already underfunded by an estimated $1 trillion, a decline in the value of commercial real estate could make this a bad situation and take it actually significantly worse. So don't start daydreaming that there's going to be somebody who refuses to bail this out. Because this is, going to, this is going to be a lot of people's pensions. A lot of your pensions are involved in this. So right now we're over a barrel at this moment. If you have a retirement plan or anything else that you have not executed, or you have executed and you're in the middle of uh, taking it in, whatever it is, whatever it is, uh, you can expect a cool trillion or two very soon to go out from the federal government, which we will then be on the, uh, you know, everybody paying taxes will be on the hook for that. And that's on top of the inflation that we got going on right now. So, the shift in work styles was inevitable to an extent once people began to move their lives online. That was going to happen anytime. But it was accelerated during the COVID shutdowns, like a lot of things were. And work and school and shopping, that all went online, too. Buildings and districts built around in-person interaction, they aren't needed to the same degree they once were. But this doesn't let the idiotic leftist city managers off the hook. There's plenty to recommend about city life, you know. You know, the, the museums and the entertainment and the fine dining and the shopping and the cultural experience and travel hubs. And... and a lot of people prefer to be just living in the middle of that. They just like it. They find it. I don't know. I don't know where they find it. And they'll live in a city regardless of whether they work at home. And enterprising landlords could convert less used office space to living space and continue to run a profitable business. But as long as you as you got Soros DAs and activists and city councilors in charge of the urban experience, well, guess what? It'll just become another doomsday loop occupant all of this push to get you into an EV this is to get you out of a car altogether this is News Talk 98.9 WORD All right. I love my car. Do you love your car? I love my car. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. And streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Somebody on Facebook uh, wants me to do the radio broadcast in a suit and tie. I'm not exactly, you know. That that's not me. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my bosses and see if they want me to do that though. <laughs> uh, a World Economic Forum partner was caught saying the, the the one of the quiet parts out loud that they they want to call for an end to private car ownership. And an actual climate expert is warning that the push to cancel gas powered cars is just a ploy to end private transportation. Because the climate crisis is a hoax, and it's such a darn useful hoax, though. An authoritarian can uh, 
can 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 roll into this and do so many things. Something called Climate Depot, a guy there named Mark Morano went on Fox Business and discussed how the Democrat and globalist push to replace cars with electric vehicles isn't about helping the environment, but restricting your freedom of movement. And he said this really isn't about them driving an electric car. He says this is a top-down decision not based on popular demand. This literally is the banning of gas-powered cars. It's being done just like a COVID lockdown without a vote. And from California to the Biden EPA to Australia, leftists are trying to force ordinary citizens into a corner with their gas car restrictions. Now, less of less than half of the U.S. public, 40%, favors phasing out gasoline-powered cars. And in terms of how much toxic waste is going to be, when the beautiful Tesla or whatever, you know, the uh, the, the other uh, various really cool electric cars, when they do die, as they all will, because they're all machines, that battery, if you love that, it's cheaper to get rid of the electric car than it is to get another battery. Because in some cases, you're looking at $20,000 for the battery. So they're going to go to the yard, and that's going to be a bunch of toxic waste. Morano went on, the intent is not necessarily to force people into an electric vehicle. The intent is to collapse our plentiful freedom of movement and force us to use mass transit. They want us on the subway. He says it's a global collusion. They want us on buses. This, that's what this is about. I was watching, uh, I ride bikes. I, I, right now, the only bike I ride is in the living room, and it doesn't go anywhere, but I ride it. But I have bikes, and I have ridden bikes in the past, and, you know, if I ever get the time again, I'll probably ride bikes again. And I remember watching a, a video coming out of, uh, coming out of Europe, where, uh, the former, he was the mayor of London back then, Boris Johnson. And he said owning a car was outdated 20th century thinking. And he, he, he thought, uh, you know, a, a bike, which is a very simple machine, was the way to go. Which, if you're in a place where you don't have a lot of, uh, where it's so congested when you're in a car, yes, if if all you got to do is go from point A to point B, yes, a bike is great. Bike would be great. And uh, they're rationing vehicle use in uh, in England. It's very simple. You can look at Cuba to see how that turned out. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of used cars. A lot of us are going to become mechanics. Because we're going to keep our gas-powered car. And we'll keep it running. Morano also jumped all over uh, U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate, John Kerry, who just testified to Congress and denied owning a private jet. Well, I don't own one today. He said, now keep in mind, when John Kerry was confronted publicly last time, no, excuse me, that's not what he said. This is coming from Fox News. He flew on a private jet to Iceland to pick up an environmental award. And he gave the original defense, do you know who I am? I'm so important, I have to fly a private jet, and I'm trying to save the climate. But then he gets in front of Congress and says, I don't own a private jet. And we don't own one, meaning his wife, who is the, uh, she is the heiress of the Heinz ketchup dynasty, though, all that stuff anyway. And... Uh, they just sold their plane last year. <laughs> just sold it. Um, 
And now he says he's only been on one flight, and that goes against a lot of contradictory evidence. None of these guys flood. None of these guys are calling up Delta and saying, what you got going? I, I need to go over here to Norway to pick up an award. What you got? I need to find a good... What's the, what's the red eye rate? They get on a private jet. So, Bill Gates was asked the same thing, and he said he gives carbon offset funds when he flies... Uh, <laughs> when he flies a, a private jet. So he, he just gets out there and he does the he, he buys something to offset that. He pays something. Al Gore said the same thing 20 years ago. And he said he didn't own a private jet without addressing whether he flew in them. This is Bill Clinton-level parsing. But anyway, let's go to the text line. Mr. Frady, I'm a long-time listener and fan of your show. I'm afraid of the future and what's to come. Tony, the former Cabela's fan. Do we meet at Cabela's, Tony? Um, you shouldn't be afraid of what's coming in the future. You should be leaning into it. Because it is definitely on its way. And... Uh, We're going to have to deal with this. Failure to deal with it means that everything crumbles. They're trying to give up or trying to give away a lot of our sovereignty and a lot of the control and all of our rights, and they think they can do it because of the COVID thing. See, now the car. This is, this is pivotal. All of this, everything you see happening right now is all made possible by the COVID years. The COVID era, if you want to. And as I sit here and I think about this, it is such a thin pretense under which to uh, try to push us into this. I mean, the AOC got out there and AOC wanted to pay us all $3,000 a month just to stay at home. Now, I don't know where that money would come from. And if everybody was paid to stay at home, I don't know how they would actually derive money from any sort of tax base if nothing's happening. I would guess that there would be some things that would be allowed to stay open. And they would be the only thing out there. Like Amazon, you know, Amazon was the only thing out there. Walmart was stayed open, but I refused to go in Walmart to shop during that time. I refuse to go into Walmart because, and, and don't take this the wrong way, because I, I shop in Walmart all the time now, because I don't have to worry about tape, and I don't have to worry about some busybody rolling up on me telling me I'm coming down the wrong side of the aisle. Last time I looked, dudes and dudettes, I am a grown adult. I will take my chances. I will live my life. If there's a risk involved, I'm in charge of it. You're not in charge of me. You are not in charge of me. And the only way to keep me from being in that situation to where I was going to be in a confrontation with somebody was to just not go. Because very shortly after I did everything I did, I began to see that as a as as the fraud that it is. On lock and load, I, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but I interviewed the guy who owns the patent 
on the surgical mask. And they did a study to see how good the surgical mask was at stopping something from coming in. Because all the surgical mask is for is to keep your surgeon from drooling into your open wound. That's what it's for. It's not to stop anything. It, it filters nothing. They put uh, plaster dust into the air conditioning and stuck five people in there with masks. And then they pulled them out after the air conditioning, threw all the plaster in there, and they were inhaling. And they had plaster on the inside of the mask all around their nose and mouth where they'd been inhaling it because it could not filter it. But, hey, they didn't spit on nothing while that was going on, and that's what the mask is designed to do. Now, as they impose the green agenda, a lot of people are pulling up stakes, and now that's going to create another problem that's going to lead to a shooting war. Trust me on that one. You're listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD. In the 80s, when I was a younger man, I had a cassette player and I I made a lot of uh, mixtapes, you know. I I made a lot to take out and listen to in my Walkman and everything. And I used two types of uh, cassette tape, uh, TDK and BASF. Well, BASF is still in business. Still a very big German business. And they are moving out of Germany. They've been there for 150 years. And they're going to invest $10 billion in China and not in Germany. Now, China is not really a good place to go right now. It really isn't. It's not a good place to go. Their economy is just about as bad as ours is. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they have the same issue, except they're not going to be bending too much to the green energy ideal because of how many people live in poverty. They're poor. BASF lost a lot of money last year and uh, they're trying to staunch the bleeding and they cannot compete now on their home turf because of the cost of energy (laughs) Um, all coming out of Brussels all coming out of the EU they did all of this I mean mean, everybody's been driven into the ground by a bunch of people taxing the profits of the efficient, efficient wealthy compliant multinational companies like those in Germany And while they're tearing them down, this is all in the effort to save the planet. But now everybody's looking for a way to get out of this. See, what's happening in Europe, in Germany. Germany's been an economic powerhouse for quite some time. This recession they're in is not a technical recession as as the policymakers are praying, but rather a harbinger of a fundamental reversal in their economic fortunes. And this will be bad. And they are confronted by a toxic cocktail of high energy costs, worker shortages, and reams of red tape. From giant, Germany's biggest companies, from giants like Volkswagen and Siemens, they're all experiencing a rude awakening, and they're trying to either come here or go to Asia because of energy costs. They have there's a loss of industry, loss of skilled labor, loss of know-how. 
and this is one of Europe's dirtiest grids because they did away. They had three very efficient nuclear reactors in Germany. Germany's about Germany has about I don't know what is it eighty million people is it, or six between sixty five and eighty million people. I don't remember. It's not a really big country. They you know three reactors did pretty good. They turned those off. They were fine. They were clean. So they were going to go to wind power, but just in case they started, they dug new lignite coal mines and opened up new coal burning plants. I thought coal was dirty. I thought and I thought it was bad. And it's no wonder that the green agenda is so messed up because they can't even keep their propaganda straight. And the price of this is crazy. I don't know what the residents are doing. The businesses are getting out of there, taking off. They do pretty well globally, but you know, in their own country, they with you know where most of the things are happening, they they struggle. Green Party leader and economy minister Robert Habeck, one of the frequent villains of the German the the German uh, things that happened there. He seems sort of unconcerned with the outflow. He said, in my view, Germany is an attractive location for both new and existing companies. Of course, materials industries are under pressure as a result of higher energy prices, but there are political decisions to be made. Well, see, it's not a political decision. It shouldn't be a political decision. It should be a market decision. And Habeck's answer, though, is more subsidies. Well... That's also a snake that's going to bite its own tail because Germany's running out of money to offer subsidies to the wind and the solar people. So they're going to try something new. Remember Orsted, they were going to do something in New Jersey, right? Uh, and they're, they're trying to develop windmills in Germany as well. And they want to make the industry, Germany wants to make the industries pay their own freight for access to new development. Well, Orsted told Germany to blow it out their turbine. And they were kind of angry that the idea was even raised. So they refer to this as a tender. This is a tender. And uh, Orsted pulled out of the bidding process, but, uh, you know, two, two other companies won from that. And the German, German government steps in again and again. They're always offering advice. And the word being bandied about right now is deindustrialization. And that's not a good word. And it's shame Habeck and his friends kind Deutsch sprechen, which means they don't speak the language. And we get this. New orders of the country's engineering companies long a bellwether for the health of Germany, Inc., have been dropping like a stone, falling 10% in May alone, the eighth consecutive decline. Similar weaknesses apparent across the German economy from construction to chemicals. Foreign interest in Germany as a place to invest is also receding. The number of new foreign investments in Germany fell in 2022 for the fifth year in a row, hitting the lowest point since 2013. One sometimes hears about creeping deindustrialization, and it's not just creeping anymore, according to Hans-Jürgen Volz, chief economist at BVMW, an association that lobbies for Germany's Mittelstand, the thousands of small and medium-sized firms, they form the backbone of the country's economy. Now, Germans adapt really fast to change. 
And right that right now, it's not happening. They're not innovating anything. And when they can always count on their cars to pull them out, to give them breathing room, well, they're doing away with their cars. Because Tesla and the Chinese are eating their lunch in the EV market, and the headwinds against the internal combustion engine in Europe are so strong. When, when I got there in uh, 1984, if you brought a car, when you got the car, you had to take the catalytic converter off because they did not offer unleaded gasoline. Later, they had to switch to leaded gasoline because they, uh, you know, the black forest began to suffer from it. There's a lot of congestion in Germany, a lot of congestion that causes that. Executives at VW with the electronic vehicles, uh, their models, uh, demand for those have fallen to zero. Because the Chinese have low-cost alternatives, and Tesla is like the gold standard. And they're also pointing out that there's a general reluctance to buy electric cars. So do they stay or do they go? So here we have it. Here you go. Deindustrialization. That's what they're pushing for, which is devolution. On the text line, BASF makes 1,700 different products, and it will if they shut down, it affects the entire world. Yeah. And all of these guys are beating feet to the exits. They, they're getting out of there. They're, they don't want any part of this anymore ever again. So... <laughs> Deindustrialization. Hey, the other day, Scamala Harris once again proved why she is who she is. And I'm glad she is who she is. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Uh, one of the things about uh, what I do is every morning I get up and I'm in a target-rich environment. <laughs> Very target-rich. So, you know, I don't have to actually make up anything. I, You know, it's, it's not even like I have to try to, to uh, think up something to try to entertain you. I just quote. I just quote. And who would you want to quote more than Scamala Harris? A mere heartbeat away from what used to be the most powerful office on the planet... Very unfortunate gaffe, although it was a gaffe. It was her telling the truth, you know. It, it, she didn't mean to tell. It was a gaffe because she was telling the truth. And this is a $20 billion green energy agenda, which uh, she's trying to promote, which is part of the massive $1.2 trillion taxpayer-funded, laughably named Inflation Reduction Act. She said, when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population... More of our children can bleed, breathe clean air and drink clean water. Okay. Reduce population. Well, who are you going to reduce, lady? Was that a gaffe or a Freudian slip? Now, this is not a new thing. The climate alarmists get out of there all the time. They're talking about, uh, you know, reducing the population. They don't talk. They don't say the quiet part out how loud how they want to do it. Bill Gates has said it. He said we can control population with vaccines. Vaccines. See, for them, 
What's happening now, which we have no control over? We have no control over it. The sun has control over it. Gaia has control over it. We have no control over the climate. We can affect it. We can influence it. We have no long-term control. None. None. Well, they think if they reduce the numbers of... uh, People that would say that would save Gaia, but we get this from a Hopkins Bloomberg Public Health. They ask the question: Is population control a climate change solution? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys think it is. The conflation of population control and solution. This is a you know. You going to come looking for me? This is where uh, people in power over those with no power didn't, you know, that never turns out really good for the people that have no power. This is why we have a Second Amendment. Because we do have some power. We do have some veto power. Now, this is not something I'm making up, okay? This is not something I'm making up. This stuff right here, all the stuff that they're doing, as they force companies like BASF out. Remember, I said something about a shooting war. If they start coming in and saying, okay, well, your father, who is now 85 and who doesn't, uh, he's not really doing anything for society. We're going to go ahead and euthanize him. Well, that's all well and good, but that ain't going to be free, friend. That's not going to be free at all. And I'm not trying to... I I don't want to go too far into the field of hyperbole here. But there's... uh, For one thing, they they point out a proposal to solve climate change by reducing fertility, and that violates the tenets of reproductive justice and sparks a tough ethical question. So what, are we just going to die out? We're just going to quit having babies and die out? That'll be so great for Gaia. Nobody will be here to see it. Remember now, though, that Kamala is also the one that thinks that AI is a fancy thing. It, that actually stands for uh, uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> I can't laugh like her, thank God. Now, she also loves Venn diagrams. It's a little bit like trotting out your, your favorite idiot from time to time and saying, okay, yeah, now it's your turn. Go get on TV. Go get on TV. And here we have on on Facebook. This is the most disgusting radio station I've ever heard. I'm so appalled by the audacity of the conservatives. Nobody's to feel the need to talk about topics they know nothing about. Get a clue and get woke or go broke, broke, broke. Well, finally, somebody comes in that wants to spar, but you got in here too late. (laughs) Come back tomorrow. I'll be back in 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.